Welcome to the Cut It Straight podcast, a conversation developed to help ministers and leaders of all ages pursue excellence. I'm Nate Whitley, Associate Pastor of First Apostolic Church in Knoxville. For more information, go to nswhitley.com. We are going to continue our series entitled Moses, A Study in Leadership. In this lesson, in this episode, we're going to talk about Moses and his adaptability. And I hope this lesson brings you great value. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast, episode 37. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. You want to become a more spiritual person. You want to pray. You desire to fast. You aspire to be a student of Scripture. You just don't know how to or you don't know where to begin. I want to tell you about a brand new master course that I have just released, and that is the Lost Art of Spiritual Disciplines Master Course. This is based upon my book, The Lost Art of Spiritual Disciplines. So do you want to become a more effective and spiritual leader? Your effectiveness as a church leader depends upon your spiritual growth. Whether you are leading a congregation, small group, ministry team, or teaching a Sunday school class, you need to add depth to your spirit. Maybe you feel like there's never enough time to spend with God. Perhaps you don't know where to even begin the path towards spiritual development. The Lost Art of Spiritual Disciplines Master Course helps you discover practical steps toward attaining power in prayer, fasting, and Bible study. Invest in your spiritual development by going and enrolling in the Lost Art of Spiritual Disciplines Master Course. I'll add uh, that link to the show notes, but you can go to my website, nswhitley.com, and you can get there and enroll in that. But let me tell you about a special offer. Right now, this class is $49.99. That's eight lessons in the Spiritual Disciplines Master Course, and that is only $49.99. But if you use coupon code LOSTART10, LOSTART10, if you use that, you get 10% off right now. So click the link in the show notes. Go enroll in the Lost Art of Spiritual Disciplines Master Course, and I want to help you develop your spiritual growth, grow as a leader, uh, teach you about more effective prayer, fasting, and how you can become a better student of Scripture. So click that link in the show notes. Use the coupon code LOSTART10 and get 10% off the Lost Art of Spiritual Disciplines Master Course right now now. And so I thank you for that. Thank you for joining in on the Cut It Straight podcast, episode 37. We're continuing our series, uh, Moses, uh, looking at leadership through the life of Moses. And I want to talk about a very important subject from his life in leadership today. So let's go to Exodus 18, verses 17 through 18. Uh, Make sure you go and read chapter 18 of Exodus later on and get the full Uh, context of this conversation and event in the life of Moses and his father-in-law Jethro. So let me read Exodus 18 verses 17 through 18. This is Moses's father-in-law Jethro talking to Moses while the people are in the wilderness after their mass exodus from Egypt. So Moses's father-in-law said to him, what you are doing is not good. 
you and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out. For the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. So this lesson is talking about Moses's adaptability, his adaptability, and what that means for us as leaders. Moses spent the first 40 years of his life in Egypt. He spent the next 40 years in Midian. Midian was a region southeast of Israel settled by the descendants of Midian, son of Abraham, and his second wife, Keturah. While in Midian, he married a daughter of Jethro, a priest in Midian. When Moses departed for Egypt, he took Zephora, his wife, and his sons with him. At some point, he must have sent them back. Jethro then brought them to Moses after the Israelites arrived at Mount Sinai. Though Scripture doesn't reveal Jethro's religious belief, after he heard of Jehovah's deliverance of Israel from Egypt, he acknowledged him as the greatest of all the gods. Following his profession of faith, he offered burnt offerings and sacrifices to God. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? Let me give you a leadership maxim here. Work smarter, not harder. Work smarter, not harder. Apparently, when the people would have problems and issues, about two million people, they went to Moses to inquire of God on their behalf. I'm sure there were a plethora of problems to work through within a two million people population. Moses said, when they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another, and I make them know the statues of God and his laws. In the ancient Near East, each tribe would have a governor or a leader or a chief who would judge between familial uh, disputes or simply offer counsel. Let's consider for a moment, listeners, that Moses hadn't been leading for, too, leading for too long of a period. They had just arrived at Mount Sinai. This is the only way Moses knew how to do this task. For Moses, he may have thought that this was the only way to settle people's disputes. Let me give you another leadership maxim. Just because you can accomplish a task one way doesn't mean it's the only way. Just because you can accomplish a task one way doesn't mean it's the only way. There's more than one way to skin a cat, if you're into skinning cats, that is. So just because you can accomplish a task one way doesn't mean it's the only way. Moses' father-in-law said to him, What you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Jethro was shocked to see Moses mediating everyone's problems this way. If Moses continued to do it by himself, he was going to wear himself out. The phrase that is used here in Exodus 18, certainly wear yourselves out, is one word in the original, which means to wither and fade, decay, crumble away, wear out, lose heart. In essence, it is to exhaust or get tired through overuse or great strain and stress. As a leader, you can't do everything on your own. There's only one who can do everything alone, and that's God. He created the heavens and the earth on his own, and he brought about salvation on his own. God is the only one who can do anything and everything by himself. 
And the last time I checked, none of us are God. We will break down and wear out if we try to do everything on our own. Look at what Jethro added to that phrase, you will certainly wear yourself out. He said, you and the people with you will certainly wear out. It wouldn't just be Moses that wore out. Israel would wear out too. Whether it's a church, team, organization, or group, one person cannot do it by themselves. The entire organization will suffer if that tends to be the case where you are leading. Again, to use 2020 as an example, churches that depended on one person to do everything suffered greatly when the the pandemic shut everything down. So that one leader of that church uh, or that organization who did everything when the pandemic hit and everything shut down, they were in, they were in trouble. They, they were, had to rely upon themselves to not only teach and preach and sing, but also get the live stream ready. Or if they had live stream before, if they didn't, then they had to set that up. If they didn't have a social media presence, then they tried to go and do social media. That's why it's important that you start developing people around you to help you Com, uh, complete a task, accomplish the mission of your organization, because you just never know when a moment like 2020 will come and you're going to need a team to help you fulfill the mission. No organization will grow if only one person is doing all the heavy lifting. Here's a leadership maxim. Trying to do everything on your own is a surefire way to burn out. That's a surefire way to burn out. Trying to do everything on your own is a surefire way to burn out. So here is some counsel. Jethro diagnosed the problem, but then he added some counsel and some advice to the leader, Moses. Let me read this to you, Exodus 18, 19 through 23. This is what he says. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, here's the advice. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and of tens and let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure. That's a great word there. You will endure, and all this people also will go to their place in peace. Now, let me stop, and let's, let's talk about a few things here. Now, remember, he said, you and your people and the people will certainly wear out. You're going to burn out. You and the people will burn out. But if you obey my voice, if you will focus on the things that you are good at, if you will focus, Moses, if you will focus on the things that you are called to do, gifted to do, and then enable and empower others. I love this here at the end, verse number 23, you will be able to endure again, and all this people also will go to their place in peace. So if you continue to doing this by, by yourself, Moses, you and the people are going to wear out and you're going you're gonna to fade out. But if you will empower others, if you will adapt, if you will change, if you will listen to somebody else, you're going to endure 
and the people are going to endure. Jethro gave counsel, wise counsel to the leader in Moses. Before we go any further, we need to recognize Moses' willingness to take advice. Moses had already experienced a great amount of success in a short amount of time. He just had a showdown of miracles with Pharaoh, set free two million slaves, parted the Red Sea, and watched Pharaoh and his army drown in the Red Sea. Moses displayed great leadership when he was willing to listen to the advice of an older, wiser man who hadn't experienced the type of, the type of success that Moses had. Here's another leadership maxim. A good leader, no matter how successful, should be willing to listen to other people's advice. That's so good. I'm going to tell you it again. A good leader, no matter how successful, should be willing to listen to other people's advice. Jethro didn't upend Moses' authority or responsibilities. Rather, Moses was still going to represent the people before God and teach them God's statutes and laws. The difference was in the method. Moses wasn't going to sit before a multitude of people all day long and judge them. So he is going to be uh, able to empower others. He is going to adapt to the situation and he's going to evolve as a leader and realize that he can't do everything, but that he can, he can employ others to do things that they can help fulfill and progress the mission. So here's, here's something very important here is that you can continue doing what God's called you to do and still change, adapt, and progress. Here's another leadership maxim. Don't wear yourself out doing things that others can do. Don't wear yourself out doing things that others can do. Focus your time and energy on God-given callings and abilities. You can't do everything. But God has given you specific skills and talents and abilities to do and to fulfill your call and purpose that he's put you on this earth for. And you can also empower others so they bring value to the organization, the team, the church, and they find fulfillment in their calling and responsibilities as well. So everyone doesn't wear out. Instead, they all endure together. So Moses was to look for able men from all the people. Take uh, These men were to fear God, be trustworthy, and hate bribes. Take those men and place them over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. These leaders would judge the people at all times. Every great matter would be brought to Moses, and the other leaders would take care of the small matters. Now, we're going to talk about these uh, uh, these characteristics in another lesson uh, here to, here uh, in the near future. But these new leaders would bear the burden with Moses. God would direct them. Moses would have greater longevity and the people would have peace. So we need to recognize that Moses, first of all, was willing to listen and he's also willing to adapt. Look at verse number 24 and 25 of Exodus 18. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. Moses listened and did what Jethro suggested. He adapted and implemented. He was willing to change so the mission and the vision can continue and be 
fulfilled. Unfortunately, there are many in leadership roles who would refuse such advice that Jethro gave. Instead of adapting, they would rather continue doing the same thing the same way as they always have done. They say something like this, if it ain't broke, then don't fix it. But if it's breaking you and destroying the organization, then it does need to be fixed. Another leadership maxim in this lesson, failure to adapt is a failure to progress. Failure to adapt is a failure to progress. You as a leader must be willing to change and adapt to the times. And if anything, 2020 has taught us is being flexible and able to adapt. How many churches, not just in the apostolic Pentecostal realm, have shut down over the last 12 to 14 months because of failure to adapt? Oh, we don't need to go online. About pre-pandemic, we don't need to go online. If people want to hear this message, they can come to us. We don't need to be on social media. That's, that's foolishness. Let little kids do that. Or uh, we don't need uh, more than one person in a leadership role. I can do everything on my own. And then the pandemic hits and you have no presence online and people, congregations are going to start uh, listening, going places they're going to, they are going to find somewhere to go and uh, learn and, and, and get a part of a church. And so instead of adapting and changing and getting with it, they're left behind and end up shutting down and the organization fails. That has happened here. I've seen churches here in Knoxville. They never came back from the pandemic. And so their buildings are sitting empty. They're for sale. Other churches that have went online, who adapted, who progressed, who, uh, who were flexible during this very strange time that we've been living in, they're growing and thriving. That, that, is, that is part of what we are going through right now. And we've seen leaders and leadership fail to adapt, and their failure to adapt has led to the organization falling. I want to give you... Four reasons why leaders refuse to adapt. Four reasons why leaders refuse to adapt. And I really feel like the Lord gave this to me uh, a few months ago as I was writing this lesson. Four reasons why leaders refuse to adapt. Number one, pride. Pride. Pride keeps you from listening to others' advice. I don't need anyone to tell me how to do my job. I've been doing it this way for years. That's pride. Pride keeps you from allowing others to take more responsibility. Four reasons why leaders refuse to adapt. Number one, pride. Number two, insecurity. Insecurity makes us believe that others will think we've been doing a job incorrectly. If someone thinks I've been doing a task incorrectly, then they may think that I'm unqualified to continue doing this job. That is insecurity. We, you might have insecurity. You might deal with insecurity as a leader, but you shouldn't be allowing insecurity to lead you and lead your decision-making. Four reasons why leaders refuse to adapt. Number one, pride. Number two, insecurity. Number three, fear. Fear keeps us hanging on to a job or a position because we find our identity in that title. If I don't have this job title, then no one will know who I am or what I do. 
how many people in organizations, how about ministerial organizations, they, they get their, their identity from a, a title or a position they've been voted in. They have to sit on the platform. They get to go to all the cool dinners. Uh, they get to be a part of all the cool things. that, that they, they find identity in that. And so if they don't have that title, that position, or that uh, clout anymore, what am I going to do? That's fear. Or fear makes you believe that there is no other job available for you. If I don't have this position, if I don't have this title, then I I can't do anything. Which goes back to the insecure feeling that you are only good at one thing. And if anybody finds out, then you are exposed. That's fear. Four reasons why leaders refuse to adapt. Number one is pride. Number two, insecurity. Number three is fear. And then number four, selfishness. Selfishness keeps you from allowing others to flourish in their giftings and abilities. I want people to come to me with their problems. I need people to need me. Brothers and sisters, that is selfishness. And what's going to happen after you die or after you leave or after you get promoted or you get demoted? That's selfishness. I want people to come to me. I want to, I want to know I, they need to need me. That's selfishness. Nobody else can do it like I can. If it's not going to be done right, I'll do it myself. That's selfishness. If nobody else can do it right, then train somebody to do it right so you can empower them and alleviate the stress on yourself. Four reasons why leaders refuse to adapt. Number one, pride. Number two, insecurity. Number three, fear. Number four, selfishness. And I'm concluding with this. Leaders must embrace the inevitability of change. Instead of refusing change, be the lead for change. Recognize when something isn't working. Don't allow fear to dictate your response to change or to evaluate the need for adapting, implementing, or leading change. The leader who rejects the idea of adapting is a leader already compromising their influence within an organization. Moses realized, I can't do this this same way forever. We'll never make it to the promised land. We'll never get beyond Mount Sinai. If I keep doing this, we'll never progress. I'll just spend all of my time judging people's problems. But let me say this too as we conclude this lesson on Moses' adaptability. Moses was still going to hear from God. Moses was still going to teach the people the laws of God and the statues of God. He was still going to be God's man. He was still going to stand before God for the people. But instead of him spending all of his time judging the people, listening to their problems, he was going to empower other people to do those things so he can continue to do the things that he was called to do. And that was to be in God's presence, hearing God speak, teaching the people God's laws. So instead of him spending all of his quality time and focus and energy sitting before the people, judging and doing the things things that probably stressed him out and stressed everybody else out, he is allowed to now focus his energy and time on the things that he's called to do. And instead of spending all that other time, 
uh, on uh, judging the people. He's empowering other men. He's empowering other leaders to find uh, to find fulfillment and value, so they can flourish in their callings. The people can have peace. They can have rest, knowing that their issues are being taken care of. And God's man is still leading. And this is important for us as leaders. If you can, if you can focus on the things that you're good at, if, if you could focus on the things that you're called to do and empower and train and equip others to do some of the things that you're maybe not good at and you can empower them and they can find fulfillment, man, the entire organization is going to be healthy. And that's what we need to do as leaders is create a healthy culture of developing more leaders so we can fulfill the mission, we can see the vision come to pass, and we can see our purpose fulfilled in our lives, in the lives of others, and we can continue moving towards that promised land. I hope you've enjoyed this lesson on Moses and his adaptability. But right before we go, I want to tell you about one more thing. We are uh, uh, we are so excited about studying the Bible, but now and through the end of April, all of our Cut It Straight listeners can sign up to the Speaking Other Tongues uh, master course, you want to study the Bible in the original language, how about studying the Bible in uh, New Testament Greek? You can go and click the link in the show notes and all of our listeners of the Cut It Straight podcast can get 15% off of the Speaking Other Tongues master course. A great friend of mine, Clayton Killian, has put together a masterful chorus on studying biblical Greek. So go to speakingothertongues.com, get 15% off, and you can use the coupon code STRAIGHT15. Enroll in that. Enroll, learn God's word, and I believe God's going to make us greater leaders and ministers as we progress as God's people. I hope you've enjoyed this lesson. We'll see you the next time on the Cut It Straight podcast. I'm Pastor Nate Whitley. Thanks for listening to the Cut It Straight podcast. I hope you have enjoyed this lesson on Moses and his adaptability. For more information, go to nswhitley.com and be sure to subscribe. If you subscribe to nswhitley.com, you get a free ebook that I've written called Five Steps to More Effective Prayer. So make sure you go and do that. I'll add that link in the show notes. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Find me there. Connect with me. But if you've liked this podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a review right here on Apple Podcasts. And we'll see you the next time on the Cut a straight podcast.